Contestant is Carlos. His friends call him Los. Los? That's right. I, I do tend to explode only when by myself. What's the big deal? That she you touched that? a man's trash can. Bro, right now I'm committing a Schedule 1 felony. Allegedly. <laughs> it's bullshit. It's bullshit. bullshit. He's the mole, dude. <laughs> He's got be. the mole in the face of his cock, dude. He's fucking home like a hole like a hole. Mom, you <laughs> are a horrible human being. She's being you know what? Right. Why don't you die from breast cancer or something? <gasps> wow. No, you take wow. that back. That's usually, it's, hey, I'm so-and-so, so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. I'm also a woman. But in the event of an emergency... Your regular exit might not be the quickest or safest way out. Now is the time to open your mind. In our search for the unknown, who knows what we will find? This is Emergency Exit. This is episode 75. Today is May 7th, 2018. We are broadcasting to you from our emergency exit floating tin can far above the world. I am your host, Los. With me, as always, is Nick the Passion Rider and Brandon the Hard Hat Mitchell. How you boys doing? Doing awesome. Great. This week on the program. Oh, shit. We explored the most excellent alternate fan theories of our favorite shows. Also, Brandon Hardigan will be our host as we play the What Am I game. Later, reusable toilet paper, Yelp reviews, and charges brought up on a federal Bigfoot investigator when we give you the news. But first, let's talk to three kick-ass people. Do-do-do-do-do-do. That's right. It doesn't matter who That's right. Emergency. The fresh edge. That's right. Hey, we are with Adam, Rob, and Surfiel from the Conspiracy Normal Podcast. How you boys doing? Welcome doing to the good. show. Welcome. Bueno, bueno. Bueno, bueno, bueno. How'd you guys like that little intro? That was wonderful. Oh, did you guys write that, obviously? We did, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. We totally we did. Just completely Props. brand new, fresh idea. Fresh. <laughs> yeah. ah, From the songwriting capital of the world, we guys give you props. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that's it right. means a lot. Yeah. Uh, so let me tell you guys out there about Conspiranormal. Conspiranormal is a podcast that explores both conspiratorial and paranormal topics. They've got over 200 episodes. Holy shit. They cover topics such as the Mothman, UFOs, yep. fairies, ghosts, anything on the fringe, man, is not off topic. Not off limits. There you go. That's right. <laughs> they also conduct for, uh, long-form interviews with authors on these topics. Adam, Rob, Surfiel, how are you guys doing, man? Doing great. So mm-hmm. tell it's us. It's good to be on with you all. Awesome. We, we got to listen to your you. podcast. I listened to episode tw- uh, 200 okay. by, by uh, request there. And what did you listen to, Nick? Uh, I listened to, actually, the Mothman episode. He loves Ooh. the Mothman. Because, yeah. Oh, the one with Lauren Coleman. Yes. Yeah. Oh, nice. Right on. We well, also have that Mothman. 
We also got Brandon the Hard Hat Mitchell over here to my uh, right. To your right. Yes, because what episode did you listen to? Uh, I think it was I think it was 198, uh, showing the comparison with the owls and the alien contact. Ah, yeah, oh, yeah okay. Alien yeah, sighting. That one. Mm-hmm. That one. That was very interesting. You definitely have to look more into that. So I, I've now subscribed, by the way. I've, I've become a subscriber to your show. You got three new Same subscribers. Yeah. So there right you over go. Here. Nice. So let me ask you guys a question here. What brought you guys together to do this show in the first place? Now, I've seen the website, and it says uh, Adam uh, Sane's Conspiranormal. So is it, did it start with Adam and move on from there? Tell me your story. Yeah, uh, it started It started with me. This is Adam. Hey, yo. Uh, I started in 2012 with this wow. with a couple of other guys uh one of which is kind of sort of still with us the other w- is completely gone uh just kind of started it in just me my computer and a really shitty microphone uh yeah and really shitty microphone with a ton <laughs> of hiss and did that for ben man i did that for about two years basically uh, some shows I had the co-host with. Some shows were just myself. And I was always interested in the paranormal topics and also in conspiracy. Sure, so sure. I started with Conspiranormal, which is a combination of conspiracy and paranormal. And a lot of people now have said, well, it's conspiracy because conspiracy is now normal. normal. Yeah, see, that's what I was thinking. It is. Oh, You guys are playing some uh, Alex Jones soundboard, right. so we live, we kind of live in that age of Alex Jones and Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah uh, we do. You're goddamn right. I'm Alex Jones, and I'm fired up. I'm a human. <laughs> I'm animated. <laughs> yeah, that's your that's your local boy yes, over there, Yes, he is. Man. Matter of fact, uh, Nick and myself, we actually were on Alex. We actually went to the studio. I played mm-hmm. a song on the air for them. It was when they put out, when that Alex the Jones parody came song, out. Yeah, that, that folk cover song of his. Yeah, and so they did a cover contest. I entered. Uh, they asked oh. me to come to the studio, and I played it for them. I didn't get to meet Alex Jones. I got to meet the other guys. Walk through the studio. We know where the studio's at. That's it's right. A secret. They told us to keep they it. They did. They actually <laughs> keep it a secret. Tell anybody where we were at. And uh, that was that's our experience with uh, Infowars. I do really do like him, but I don't. I can't get behind a lot of stuff he says, especially yeah. that uh, Sandy Hook stuff. But did you want to hear about how Rob got involved with the show? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes that just happens. Rob- <laughs> Rob's a false flag. Oh. <laughs> I'll let these guys say how they got involved with uh, uh, doing this. Yeah, hop well, on in. Adam worked with my girlfriend, and this is four, three and a half, four years ago. Yep, 2014. And she, uh, I'm an audio engineer. That's just what I do for a living. And uh, she came home one day and she was talking about her friend that's got this really cool podcast and they just they're struggling with some sound issues. And so I was like, well, you know, I'll 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 take a look at what they got, thinking that you know I was just gonna pop in one time and tweak some stuff or give them some advice. And like it turned into a um, sort of a weekly challenge where every week I would show back up and try to make it a little bit better or integrate some new equipment and i just ended up getting addicted and, and hooked up podcasting and so i've stuck around you said step one is get a real mic and yeah, yeah. <laughs> right eventually we ended up we switched from my house over to rob's studio in the back of his house so well sure like instead of trying to improve yours every single week like, why don't we just do it in my studio that i know works right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so, Sir Fio can tell you how he got involved with us. Yeah, I was just a fan. Uh, a few years after uh, after college, I was kind of like recovering from academia and getting back into more speculative stuff to just have fun and not have to like 
do statistical analysis to everything. And I was just kind of burnt out. So I was getting back into all the stuff I was into as a kid and stuff and, uh, checking out a bunch of podcasts and started listening to spirit normal. And these guys were local. So I just reached out, started hanging out. And then, uh, here I am. All right. Yeah. He's kind of like the guy from Judas do the guy who was uh, a fan of Judas priest and then got to join. <laughs> right. Right. And that a journey as well. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in excess too. Right. Didn't they do that? I I think after the guy autoerotic ex- like, killed himself, then they might have. Yeah, yeah, they were. They done. just ended. Yeah, in ex, uh, in too much excess. Yeah, <laughs> not to laugh too much about autoerotic asphyxiation, but you know. Oh come I, on! You, you, gotta, just, you just got to make sure you have a spotter. Yeah. Plain and simple. Just have a spotter. Have some sort you know, of. Uh, Fail proof, you know. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of strangling yourself during masturbation, um, okay. I, I came across David Carradine once. You came not, across not literally him. came, came across him. him. Uh, <laughs> we're all familiar with Kung Fu himself, David Carradine. Sure. Or Bill from the Kill Bill movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was working this event, like this uh, movie premiere, and he was like leaning against this, this railing, just kind of all by himself, being creepy, staring at people, kind of slowly. Stirring his or shaking his drink around, secure the ice, clink, 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 clink. Just being, it's like there's something fucking odd about this dude. And that's next day, or maybe two days later, I got the news that Bangkok Whorehouse he killed himself, autoerotic asphyxiation. You saw him. You saw him the day before. Day or two before. Holy shit! And then he went out the way he went out. It's like I called it. I knew it. You're shitting me. I'm sure I'm the very first person to ever look at David Carradine and go, "There's something fucking weird about that dude." Shooting on you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know, Sorry. since uh, we got the intro for you guys, we, I did kind of prematurely hop into false flags there. But tell us uh, what kind of false flags that, like, like for instance. So, do about, you buy into them or you yeah. just, do you report on them like, oh, God, what's the word? Uh, unbiasedly, is just kind of this is what the false flag is or this is what people say? Or do you, are you opinionated, I guess? Are you yeah, biased? I don't. I, I don't think that I don't think that uh, we go overboard on it. Uh, we try to look at it pretty uh, skeptically and try to examine what has happened. Okay. I think you got to take those things by case to case. Yeah. So like nine eleven, mm-hmm. I think there's probably definitely there was some, if not a false flag, then it definitely was allowed to happen. Uh, that's kind of my attitude on that. We are believers um, of that ourselves. Yeah. Either. Right, right. I, I think that there's just too much to, when you look at it to to lead you to that conclusion. Uh, now, something like Sandy Hook. Now, I'm not one of those people that says that Sandy Hook was all fake. Come on. They're, in in maybe, other words, nobody died. Yeah. Uh, but there could be some weirdness surrounding it that maybe it wasn't like Adam Lanza that actually did it. Uh, that's not the popular theory on that. Um but there's other, you know, these other shootings that happen. You just kind of got to look at it and see, like, what's the level of media coverage? Um, how how is it being reported? Um, there, you know, there was one weird thing that happened. Um, you know, twenty was it twenty fifteen? That you guys remember that that shooting in Virginia that happened like live on air with those reporters. Do you guys remember that? I don't think I do. In no. Virginia? The guy the guy came up and like, like pretty shot much point this, blank, right? This, the, the woman reporter and her cameraman point blank, right? That was in oh August of 2015. God. 2 days, for 2 days that was all over CNN, all over the internet, 
uh, all over any kind of news media. Well, fast forward to like February of 2016, and there was this guy in Kalamazoo, Michigan, that said that his Uber app was telling him to kill people. And he went and he shot like six or seven people. Jesus. I mean, just went on this rampage in this town, and it barely made the news. Why? Right. So, it's, yeah, exactly. why? You know, why did the why did the first one that actually killed less people not make the news? Now, some people say, well, it's because it was reporters, but there was a lot of weirdness about that one too. What the about the way that it was covered and the and the way that the people were talked about. You had that guy that uh, was her fiance that had that uh, scrapbook. And he said, like, we never had like a year anniversary, but we had months anniversaries. And he had all these pictures of her and him together. That's, it's just really bizarre, yeah, just kind of actory kind of shit. And that's one of the cases where I could really, even I had to look at it and say that could have been a fake. Okay. Absolutely. And I think another thing you guys that I always try to bring up when we talk about false flags is if you're talking about them just as like a distraction tactic, mostly, right? So. Mm-hmm. These these might not be organized events, but I think they're definitely capitalized on. Um, you okay. know, it's like quick, something's going on over here. Let's, you know, sneak this stuff under the radar over here, kind of thing. Because a lot of times right. you see, like these crazy bills and stuff being passed that nobody hears about or talks about, and it's always during these because we're too busy screaming about. Events. Well, that's sort of what happened with Monsanto uh, Protection Act, while the gay bill was being passed as well. Mm. Right, kind of got swept in with it. I think it still happened months apart, though, but they could have been working on it. Like, well, here, yeah. here's, gay, here's gay marriage, and let's make sure Monsanto can never be sued again. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Check See, out. I, didn't even, I didn't even know about that. Yeah. I had no clue. Just well, there you go. It, hide it all in the details. Huh. That's how they slip a lot of stuff through. through right, or they'll like, put it on the very last page of some bill, so the bill's yeah. about one thing, and then there's like a there's part like at the a, very, very end that's like, oh, and by the way, by the something way, completely unrelated. Clause or, yeah. Yeah. Glyphosate, fuck you. Because <laughs> that's exactly how it's worded. And it's not like any of the representatives either are involved in the writing process or reading. Right, exactly. Yeah, reading it for one. <laughs> or, What's I mean, maybe they do know. The Arrested just... Development lawyer, like, it's just so long. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Who reads that thing? Are you going to yeah. read it? I'm... Those are bowls. Those are bowls. Those are bowls. <laughs> So, hey, guys, were there any other topic you guys considered covering before deciding on the paranormal? Did you want to – are you saying that you that you guys want to cover? No, no, like when you're – you mean no, as like, far as uh, like, like when like, you're doing the show? You know, like when you guys were – when you were first – like I guess, Adam, when you were starting the show, was there uh -huh. something else maybe you wanted to kind of gear towards and you just ended up on the paranormal? Well, you, Adam, you were heavily influenced by a previous show – that led yeah. into this one. Yeah, yeah. A few, a few of them. Um, one of them was World of the Unexplained that I was really influenced by that kind of had a that kind of had a similar format to what, what ours is now. And uh, there was also Future Quake. But uh, I've, I've always tried to kind of incorporate a little bit of history in there because I'm a big history guy. Okay. And I'm in, I'm super into like history podcasts as well. So I've tried to get some of the some of those people on. Um, you know, I think that a lot of people say, well, that maybe that doesn't fit, but it does. Cause if you understand what has happened in history, you can kind of understand some of these conspiratorial things as well. And a lot of conspiracy theories looking back into history. So I think that it helps. That's true. Helps understand it. Uh, kind of like dark 
hidden geopolitics is another one that I've always been interested in and have tried to kind of gear towards. Geopolitics? Yeah. What in other that? words, what is happening in the wider world. Oh, okay, sure. Outside outside of the United States and how that how that affects us. Um our domestic politics here. What do so, you think about yeah, those those kind of themes like that I've always been interested in and tried to incorporate as well. What are you thinking uh, about uh the Koreas joining together again? I think it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a good thing. Yes. But how much of it is really d- uh, due to us, I'm not really sure. They're going to give Trump uh, the world and, prize, the world peace prize. Yeah, the Nobel Peace Prize. Um, <laughs> I doubt it. It. Se- it seems to me that China, China. had a lot to do with oh, it. Yeah. China. China. I like to China. put in a little bit here. And Go for I, it. I'm not, I haven't read too extensively on it, but I recently was reading about uh, the fact that some of these, you know, underground nuclear tests that they were doing mm-hmm. are creating uh, potentially huge catastrophes with collapses of mountains and releases of insane cool. amounts of radioactive cool materials. That, that might have been a catalyst to, oh, shit, we really need some help right. from the international right. community now. It's right. kind of and, similar to Chernobyl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, is it like the actual population of North Korea can now watch the ground crumble. Maybe you're not the grand leader that you fucking tell us that you are. Wait a minute. (laughs) Huge mountain system where they were doing these tests and now that they're structurally having problems. And if there is some kind of big uh, earthquakes or, or collapsing of, of some of these mountains, they'll release the fallout from all these nuclear tests that have been around the same areas. I mean, and it, so that might have been some kind of catalyst. The radiation's got to like, gotta go we, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, we really they they really need help now. You know, they can't just wing it anymore. Well, see also, how we do with Chernobyl. Also, I think Kim Jong Un has a real fascination with American popular yeah, culture, yeah. and he really wants to open North Korea to that. As if he could be opening it up as kind of like a vacation spot. Oh my God! If we do, yeah, try, James try Franco to, has like to be Cuba, the first like, one. Yes. Right, right. He has to be the ambassador. James Franco has to be the first one to go and talk to him. How long until yeah. the uh, Korean population becomes obese when they open their borders to, <laughs> to us? American yeah. and the, our lifestyle? That's what, that's what they want is a McDonald's, right? Yeah, I was gonna say oh, yeah. we that's call the that thing they want. <laughs> we Just call that McDonald's the McDonald's factor, you know. McDonald's <laughs> is going to have World Peace Prize, uh, Nobel Peace Prize for getting into well, Korea. They would work a <laughs> Mick Peace Prize. It's like how the, the, <laughs> <laughs> what is it? They they rate. Uh, <laughs> crisis on a Waffle House has a scale on what the crisis level is. What? Yeah, really? depending on how many closed down. Depending on how many closed down. Yes, wow. exactly. On the Waffle yeah. House crisis scale. So we're going to have a, is it a how many McDonald's like a breakfast per, you know, per hundred miles. How many McDonald's equals how mm-hmm. obese the population is. There's a direct correlation, I'm sure. That would make sense. And Availability. Yeah, right. Let me tell you, man, those double... McMu- uh, what are they called? McDoubles? You don't even know. McDoubles <laughs> with Mac sauce? Give me oh, one of them things. Man. All the good stuff of a Mac without the extra bun in the middle and the shitty lettuce that they put in there. Give <laughs> me some of that Mac sauce. That's what <laughs> I'm talking about. Have you guys ever, uh, I guess, dove into the world of the cryptozoological 
I mean, oh yeah, other than what we just get on that mic. Mothman, there. Mothman's considered that, right? Okay. Well, then, do you guys know of the 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 horse pig? Oh yes, the Lampasas, horse pig. Texas. The horse pig of Lampasas, Texas. Have you heard of that guy? No, we no, have not heard no. of the horse pig. We have not we heard of the horse pig. I'm, I'm going to hand this over to uh, to Nick, the passion rider, and let him tell who you guys witness, the story. Who was I have witnessed witness. the horse pig. Um, I was driving back to Austin from a, a gig I was playing, and came around this curve on the highway and saw this giant animal in the road and slammed on my brakes and swerved over. And it just stood there on the yellow lines and watched me go by. But as I drove by, I was like eye to eye level with this thing. So it was very tall and it was, I mean, the face of a, it was a pig. You know, I've seen plenty in my life. I didn't know pig, pig, but it was tall and skinny, like the body shape of a horse. Like it was not fat and round like pigs are. <laughs> it was like... A really tall, skinny fucking pig just standing in the middle of the road that I drove by. And I, like, locked eyes with it as I drove by. And I'm like, how am I eye level with this fucking creature when I'm in my car? As you drive by, you roll down your window and it said, you will not pass. (laughs) You shall not pass. So, uh, I don't know whether... lots of people seen this thing? Or... I've heard people say that there are... There are feral pigs. Like, seeing pigs... Out in the wild, and like, oh, they get pretty big. I'm like, yeah, but do they get like six feet tall fucking and tall, and skinny like this? <laughs> a friend of mine went down to the Austin area just to uh, hang out with his buddy who had some land and hunt boars. So I don't know. Boars are a problem out here. I think. Were they? But they're terrible too. You don't eat them. I don't. know. Maybe that's just a chupacabra had too many McDoubles, man. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. I don't know. So, so we're trying to find out more about the horse pig, and didn't know if you'd come across it in any of yeah. your. That's the horse pig of Lampasas, Texas, right Lamp there. Lampasas, Texas. Not as exciting as Mothman, sorry. Definitely no, not as no. exciting, and <laughs> no you know, only collapsed. I think there's only two two sightings. Yeah, and they're both by Nick Ryder over here. <laughs> <laughs> now so we might have to get Lauren Coleman on just to see if uh, he's <laughs> okay. ever seen the horse pig. Perfect. Yeah, might be all over the place. Not just. Can we regional. get his number. We'll call him up. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you smell it? Did you smell it? Yeah. Did you I smell? did not. No, I did not. You had your windows. Rolled I had up. my windows up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I you should have at least tried to like grab some fur I know, or I something. Thought of, I actually thought for a while of like turning around and going back and seeing if it was still there, you know, trying but to By then it, it was but, already but gone. By then, it was nothing but a it was vaporous never cloud. There. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you guys, what is your favorite cryptozoological uh, <laughs> animal? I'll let Rob handle this one. <clears throat> Rob. Um, I've, I, I don't know. I've always been really fascinated with that stuff. I love the Mothman just because of all the the other bizarreness surrounding it yeah but as far as my favorite I, i'm really interested in um some of the like uh orang pendek have you heard of that wait what orang pendek it's a, uh-uh. it's a i think indonesian and it's like yeah. these little tiny Bordeo, i think yeah little tiny upright like hairy dudes kind of like um <laughs> <laughs> sort of, sort of so, monkey like, but so short. But it's, hairy it's, people. It's also very near where they found the the, the Hobbit people. Yeah, Homo floresiensis. Yeah, okay. which were these short, you know, little short people that that lived maybe you know, I don't forget what it was, a hundred thousand years ago or something, right alongside mankind. So those stories might have been handed down culturally for generation after generation, you know. And now, like, and now we have hobbits and dwarves and. Right, right. Well, and Giants, people still oh in the same area as these things, seeing things that are very similar, which that, that fascinates yeah. me. Interesting. I had not heard of that. I haven't either. It sounded great. Do they stink I at think all? That's, I think that's the most likely um, <laughs> to be cryptid to, to actually be out there kind of To thing. actually exist. 
Yeah. What, so you don't think that Bigfoot's, Bigfoot's out really out there kidnapping people in That's Washington? A fucking Sam I know. I do, but only because it's fun <laughs> to believe that. Yeah. Oh, okay. We had uh, we had some Sasquatch sightings, what, like seven or eight months ago up in the Round Rock area. Yeah, oh, we that's sure right. did. North Austin. Apparently, they were seeing some Sasquatch. They were smelling it. It was too. just Alex Jones walking <laughs> through the woods. <laughs> <laughs> shirt off. Oh, no, they're dirty, rotten, filthy whores. <laughs> Is that bubbles? You guys got Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Holy fuck. Rakins. Uh, so guys, what do you what are your thoughts on this flat earth movement that's coming around? Are you guys sure for fail. it? Are you with it? What have you guys done to have you guys encountered any real life flat earthers? We call them uh, flurthers. Yeah, flurthers. I've, I've seen this guy <laughs> going down the street, this probably homeless guy i don't know he's got this giant uh tin contraption on the back of his bicycle that says the earth is flat uh going through town here but i don't know it makes me very angry my grandfather was an astronomer and i uh you know learned about scientific facts when i was very young and uh it yeah it's it's a it's it's out of control (laughs) i I have this idea that the whole flat earth thing was just a way to make the truth or movement look stupid Really? Make them not look very well. Because it's so easy to put any kind of disinformation on the internet. Mm-hmm. Right. That, Super. You know, people people will just glum on to something and they will, they will yeah. find a cause. It's interesting to me that a lot of the people that talk about this flat earth, that a lot of them do it to kind of justify the Bible. So there's yeah. this real like ultra creationist aspect to this stuff too. The firmament. Because he talks yeah, about the firmament. Right. And there's another part of the move. There's another, I, I don't know if they're the same or I guess they're concurrent with flat earth, with people that believe the earth is still the the center of the oh, solar yeah, system, you know, the non-Copernican. <laughs> well, because in most so flat earth models, the, the sun isn't like really out there. It's a much smaller thing that, that actually right. revolves or not around, but above us, like the needle on a record player. I, I think it's one of the, I think it's one of those things that goes, that is just kind of uh a vicious cycle because you'll tell these people, well, there's pictures of the earth from right. space and they'll just say, well, that's NASA. You know, that's CGI. Part of this, CGI bullshit. This massive conspiracy to, to keep all that. And from the public and the, the Freemasons and the Jesuits are involved somehow. And hey, don't you joke yeah. about the Freemasons, man. They're out. They're uh, going to get you. Yeah, no, man. They're, <laughs> too late. Too they're late behind here, everything. Man. They are, you know, Flat, we've interviewed what three flat we've earthers? We've talked to some flurthers, mm-hmm. and one of them was really good, knew his shit, and the other one, yeah, well, other one not so much. I think we convinced him to stop <laughs> thinking about the flat Earth. We brought him back over. We yeah. brought him back because you know right. they their 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 facts are very flawed, and can be you know just look at the moon phases for instance, and that proves around Earth at least the globular right. model and orbits mm-hmm. and shit. So. That alone. Well, why is them. everything else round? Why are we the only flat thing yeah, in the heavens? Yeah, because they'll openly like, acknowledge, oh, yeah, other planets are round. Like, that's not a problem, but it's just us. How do they explain time zones? How do they explain that it's day of one like side Like he said, of the I never thought about it, but it's like the, the, the sun's like a, a, a needle on the record. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so, yeah. Goes around. so it's only. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so you guys. I didn't get it before. You do some research on the flat earth. <laughs> There's a reason why otherwise normal intelligent people 
a flock in a droves to join this movement. So that's a little <laughs> excerpt from, uh, we do this thing called Flirthin where we read YouTube comments on, oh, yeah. on fl from Flat Earth videos. <laughs> and that was one of them. Do some research do on the Flat Earth. <laughs> they're they're, you guys they're aggressive if not completely dude, they're, wrong. They're so aggressive. We haven't really engaged in any of them yet, I don't think. They're no, they're no, an interesting I, honestly, bunch. Honestly, I've kind of stayed away from it. Good, good. So what, the way I feel but like But I did have a guy that on the show early on that was I think it was episode 40 or something where a guy named Rob Skiba. He's actually in your deck of the woods. He's in Texas. Ah. But he he we were talking about Nephilim and mythology and stuff. But right after that, he got really into the flat Earth. Like he's one of the big flat Earth guys now. Wow. So I want to think about you guys. Want to think about oh. getting in touch with him, getting him on the show. Well, our <laughs> our mission on this show initially was to debunk those idiot flat Earthers and you know really just bully them a bit, troll them, and then we moved on from there because really <laughs> it annoys the shit out of me to have to argue with them because they're so they they right. You give them some facts and they don't, they ignore well, it. Well, yeah, it's like trying to uh, argue shut with the fuck up. anyone, shut anyone the who's fuck like up. a de devout of whatever religion, like no matter what you say, they're so bought into it that, right. you know. So you, it's useless to engage with them. Yeah, yeah right. It's, it's, it's very, we tried, it's not worth it. And you know. Because you're not going to change their minds and they're not going to change your minds. Exactly. No. Yeah, that's now, pretty much it, man. Now, what do you guys know about Hollow Earth? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys know about that? I could buy that a lot more than flatter. That does seem more plausible, right? <laughs> and, and it may not even necessarily be that it's like the entire earth is hollow. Just that there's there. I mean, there are very extensive cave yeah, systems sure. underground. Agreed. I mean, we're close to mammoth cave up here, uh, North of us, Kentucky. It's, it's giant and half of it hasn't even been explored by most people. And like half of it is, uh, you know, got federal government stuff going on and you know, who uh -oh. knows? Hmm. Maybe they're it breeding horse pig. You know, there was an ancient civilization or an advanced civilization, the Agarthans, in ancient times that mm -hmm. they could have gone underground. That's a possibility. Right. Yeah, if you, you guys so said sweet. you checked out the two. One of you guys checked out the two hundredth episode. Uh, Randall me. Carlson really gets into that stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, which which reminded me, I was listening to that episode and I, I got a lot of coughing going on. You got, <laughs> were you guys either was one of you sick or one of you guys getting high? Yeah, was, that that was me, man. <laughs> Sick, yeah. yeah, I was sick that night. Well, I wasn't going to judge you if you guys smoke pot on the air because that's not bad at all. I'll no. tell you one thing. <laughs> no. that's, that's the conclusion that many, many people have come to listening to us for some reason, too. Uh-huh. Bunch like, of fucking stoners. And be like, oh, these guys are just high. They're just stoners. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we, had a, will... we had an iTunes review. The guy says, I love the show, but it sounds like these guys are just burning every, every no, episode. It's, it's Tennessee, man. We got no medical or anything, so none of us would want to break the law. Oh, sure. No, sure. Of course not. No. I know. Well, considering the the subject matter that we both cover, like I'm, that helps. Yeah, they're like it definitely helps. Keep your eye on these fucking guys. <laughs> you know, you need to alter your state a little bit. Boys, Art Bell passed on a couple weeks ago. Rest in peace, man. Did you guys were you guys big fans of Coast to Coast? Absolutely. Yeah, same here. Now you could probably say it helped. It's one of your inspirations to get started, right? I, mean, I think for just about everybody that's doing this, I would Art say Bell would be an inspiration because he made Absolutely. it fucking cool to talk about the shit that everybody else like. I mean, it it all had the stigma behind it, like Bigfoot or aliens or whatever. I don't know it just wasn't a popular thing to talk about. So he made it like not a nerdy shut in topic. He had John Titter on there. 
Yeah, that's right. Time traveler. He was quite a showman too. Yeah, he was just so cool. He did right. have a cool attitude. I didn't really like a lot of the the follow up hosts after him, but mm, no, uh, he, great. he did it right, man. Did it right and fucking true. Yeah, he did. Hell yeah. I got a, I got a ghost question for you guys. Something that I've been been curious get about. On, get him on that. Dude. Um. So when you die, or I guess so when somebody comes back as a ghost, you see the ghost. They're always wearing clothes. So to me, uh-huh. that implies that your clothes somehow leech off the energy that your body has, and they make it with you in the afterlife. Am I totally batshit insane in thinking that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, answer that I think, one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, short I answer, if, yes. I don't know if I believe in ghosts or not, but if I do, I believe it's sort of a, um, a projection of energy, and it's something showing us what it wants us to see. It's not, a th- it's not showing itself necessarily. Sure. So, so if it was me, I would present myself wearing clothes, most likely. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, possibly yeah. not. I've got I've got too much body shame to to ever not. But <laughs> so I was just yeah. Is it like when I've you never wake? Thought about that. That's pretty cool. When you wake yeah. up in the morning, do you have to think these could very well be the clothes that I am wearing for the rest of eternity? Yeah. And that you can come back and haunt <laughs> like, somebody if with. If I die in these clothes, this is what I'm fucking wearing. I'm going to be stuck in my novelty Bob Ross t-shirt for all time. <laughs> hey, I wouldn't mind that. That's okay. What if, what if you died in what a would, pool? Would you always be like seen in, in your, your water wings? Yeah. <laughs> in your flippers? I don't want that to happen, dude. Just, well, well, I'll throw this one out. What about the uh, those women that say they have sex with ghosts? Do oh, yeah. the ghosts take off their clothes? Are they incubus they succubus thing? I see. I don't know. We'll have to ask Dan Aykroyd. He's the one that got the blowy from one. I think Ghostbusters. <laughs> I think they're just masturbating during sleep name? paralysis. Is all. What was her name? Is that what you asked? <laughs> Are you got the Ouija board. Now. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Call her up, man. Good enough for Echo. It's good enough for me, goddammit. <laughs> We're going to send a succubus to Surfiel's. Oh, <laughs> oh, God. All right. All right, boys. Well, we're about to finish it up here. Uh, let's see. Can we you guys... A... Let's see. You guys can find Conspiranormal Podcasts on podomatic.com. Search for Conspiranormal. That's spelled C-O-N-S-P-I-R-I-N. O-R-M-A-L, Conspiranormal! Woo! That's right. That was Very a really good. shitty cheer. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for joining me, guys. Shit. Hey, uh, thank I, you, guys. Thanks for having us on. It was a real pleasure. Hell yeah, thanks a lot. Thank you guys so much, Adam, Rob, and Serfiel. Um, any any parting words you guys want to say? Anything else anything you want to plug? plug? Or? Uh, yeah, you can find most of the links on our website if you wanted to contact us or get a hold of us and that's conspiranormal.com like you said c-o-n-s-p-i-r-i-n-o-r-m-a-l.com dude uh, (laughs) which board is on you're ready good Um, oops wrong board there there you go thank you guys so much (laughs) sorry you're so pro yeah i got a million different sounds here uh i mean are you on twitter facebook anything else yeah just yeah we're on twitter we're on facebook we're on instagram and just just yeah. search conspiracy normal and you'll right, right. Yeah, hit them up and tell them we sent you. Thank you guys so much for joining us. That was conspiracy normal. Do, 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 do. That's right. It doesn't matter who comes, they lead interesting lives. And now it's time to let them shine. We will interview all the fresh, all the cool. Got it.
That was a great interview, don't you guys think? Those guys were awesome. They were so funny. I really liked those guys. And I'm glad that uh, we connected. Yeah. Well, it looks like we might because do their I show one day. do enjoy listening to their show, so I'm glad that we all got along as well. Yes. That makes it, that makes it all better. We're a lot like them. We are just three guys trying to find the truth, man, and having some fun along the way, right? I, yeah. Fucking A. So, hey, <laughs> we are going to get into the mystic here as we talk about alternate fan theories of your favorite TV shows, our favorite TV shows, everyone's favorite TV shows. So let's just hop right into the mystic and let's get started. We can call it Uranus. Whoa, 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 calm down. <laughs> Where did she come from? I don't know. Where did she ever come from? Maybe Uranus? <laughs> Some fans speculate that the Flintstones and the Jetsons existed at the same time, on the same timeline, maybe. That's right. This is just one of several fan theories that goes deeper than face value. Fans, they dive deep to come up with complex explanations to seemingly simple shows. Some theories are silly, but most are very well thought out and lead to logical conclusions. Hmm. So very interesting. We're each, we each got two of them we're going to go over. Nick a couple. is going to start. <clears throat> so I think the, the best example of this is from everybody's favorite show. Anyway, <coughs> the orifice, I mean, the office. <laughs> Caught me off guard there. Uh, if you're a fan of the office, which if you're breathing, of course you are, then you uh, are aware of Dunder Mifflin's HR rep, Toby Flenderson. Toby. Uh, and you're aware that he just gets just shit on the entire series. It's like the running gag is the, the treatment that he gets. Your name is Toby. Boy. Oh, I thought there was more to that. Your name is Toby. No, nope. not the same Toby. Oh, it's not oh. Kunta Kinte. No. So one fan thinks. Uh oh, no, just one. This has been going around, but one fan brought this all in. Uh, the theory's been going around a while that uh, Toby is actually the Scranton Strangler, which towards the end of the series it became a like this a running thing that there was a sure. Scranton Strangler, uh, and so Toby is. As the th- according to the theory, and one Twitter user in particular by the name of Spencer McClure, no relation to, hi, I'm TV's Troy McClure. Troy McClure. You might remember you me, might from, remember such me from other fan theories, such as Will Smith didn't actually take a taxi from Philadelphia to Los Angeles, <laughs> and the Big Bang Theory sucks. Everybody just stop already. Yeah, I'm not a fan. That last one was me. Anyway. Spencer McClure really wrapped his hands around it and squeezed it together. Get it because the choking and the strangling? The strangling? Come on, yeah. guys, fucking yeah. work with yeah. me here. Yeah. No, sorry. Um, you can find him, just to give him credit, you can find him on Twitter at Spencer McClure underscore. Just so he doesn't uh, get mad at us for stealing the way he succinctly wrapped us all up. So, many motives for Toby. Okay. Obviously, his treatment, mostly for Michael Scott. My favorite quote is, I hate so much about the things that you choose to be. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> you are a waste of life and you should give up. So Toby works in a low-paying job where all of his co-workers are tremendously rude to him. Michael, of course, being the worst. Um, he had a fa- failed marriage, got divorced, struggles to form a relationship with his daughter. He also developed a, developed a crush on Pam and felt optimistic after she split with Roy. 
She was single back on the market. He asked her out, but she was already kind of hooking up with Jim, and he had to sit and watch that. There's a gif of him trying to put the moves on her, and it's... Oh, shit. Um, so motive number three, Toby got fed up. He decided to move to Costa Rica. Remember that season where he moved to Costa Rica? He sure. was gone. But it resulted in him being hospitalized after a zip lining accident, and he was stuck there for months in the hospital. <laughs> so this was the breaking point. That's when Toby had a fucking nuff. All right. So, now here's where we really get into it. Now, the Scranton Strangler was introduced in season six of the show. Now, that's the same season when Pam and Jim have their baby. Obviously, a frustrating day for poor Toby. Now, when they're going to the hospital, everybody's getting into the elevator, and Toby's trying, but, of course, Michael blocks him out because he doesn't want anything to do with him, doesn't want the elevator. (laughs) So, everyone gets to the hospital. They all walk in. Toby's the only one missing. The very next day, Andy brings in a present for baby Cece, and it's a copy of the newspaper from the day she was born, and the headline is, Scranton Strangler Strikes Again. <laughs> oh, kind of... Uh, uh, like he got mad that he was kicked out of the elevator and uh, went off and strangled someone out of, oh, out of like anger. That was, that was the breaking point. So later in the series, the crew was at a church for Cece's christening. Toby had a noticeably difficult time going into the church, suggesting a guilty conscience. Mm. When he finally did get into the church, he started having a little back and forth with the big guy upstairs, the capital G, just asking, why? Why are you always so mean to me? <laughs> so he's, he's, you know... He's asking, okay. He's, he's, re- he's repenting. No, obviously... Did God do anything while he asked that? No. Nothing funny like happened? No, no, nothing funny. Just like, it had a heartfelt moment of, of Toby finally being like, why... Do I always get shit oh, on? That sucks. Oh, that's sad. Um, makes you feel for him. Yeah, I feel for him right now. So then, Boy, fast I... forward to the viewing episode. Now, this is when there was the chase down, OJ style, between the police and the Scranton Strangler. They're chasing him down. Now, you can see... Everyone... I sent a picture to Brandon. And it's, so, I just put it up on the So feed. there's the cops chasing this car on the TV. And everyone's there watching. Everybody is watching except Toby. He's not in the room watching this chase Ooh. with them. He's gone. Now, more ironic than, not ironic, more coincidental than that. Thank you. This car that the cops are chasing, we've seen earlier, parked in the Dunder Mifflin parking lot. Holy shit, there it is. So, this vehicle does exist in the Dunder Mifflin world. It is an employee of either the office or the warehouse down below. But since Toby wasn't there watching the chase with the rest of them, it would only it would make sense. The reason. His- so then, Toby got summoned for jury duty to be on the, Stra- the Scranton Strangler case. Oh. He came across as very confident that they got the right guy. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a guilty Oh, thing. he's like, no, they got him. They got him, and the right guy was behind bars. However, later on, when they're doing the Dundies, at, was it Chili's? They always do the Dundies at Chili's yeah. or Applebee's yeah. or whatever. They're doing the Dundies. He gets up to accept one and confesses that he feels guilty that they put an innocent man behind bars. He says that, doesn't he? Yeah. Holy he has shit, like man. he gets really drunk and freaks out and like has this whole moment and of course Michael's like, ah, I don't care, get the mic again. Yeah. But <laughs> but he confesses that they put an innocent guy. So he is so guilty he goes to prison to visit the man that got convicted. And now that scene was never shown, but afterwards it showed Toby leaving and he has a neck brace on. Which, of course, when I first watched it, I took to mean that that actually was the Scranton Strangler who attempted to strangle him. Oh, okay. Oh. But, but it could be that he went and confessed 
To and the, the, to the, the guy that's in prison oh. and the guy being innocent in anger lashed out. Yeah, that would under, Understandably so. So that's uh, that's that's how it works out. That's the the evidence showing that Toby is the Scranton strangler. Hmm. Dude, that's a really thought out. I love this one. It is and, definitely uh, excellent. I I, I haven't I haven't seen anything disproving it. I don't think that they actually did like that. That was actually it? written in. No, you think it just kind of worked. I out think that it way. just. Like most of these, yeah, I think it's coincidental. But you it's, don't think somebody is like in the writing room and I mean, they could be because that show was that? really, really fucking well written. I mean, they aside from the first season, it seems like they really planted and worked with stuff. So like, there'd be something set and then it kind of pops up episodes later, and mm-hmm. you know, like they they had a they had a end game. I think. Maybe you know, it was wasn't like, just like here's some jokes for the moment to make this one episode. You know, maybe it was. A side or an episode like that a just subplot? got yeah the subplot that just kind of got swept under the rug or maybe it was an episode that they're like well maybe we can't do this episode and it's a little too extreme I don't know it's not yeah it's not lighthearted enough for One this thing to make comedy. jokes about a serial killer that you never see but when it's an actual regular character on the show that it's a little too serious for a show <laughs> like The Office maybe well I don't know they got away with Dexter right but that's not a show like The Office. Definitely sure. not a show sure. like Definitely the not yeah, at all yeah. a show like The we Office. We have a, a psychopath way, who sees his father all the time. Way too much blood and boobs. Well, don't get me wrong about blood and boobs. That's just I'm hot. fine with it. Just yeah. it, you're not having an Office-type show with that much blood and boobs yeah. is all I'm when saying. When you say blood and boobs, you don't think of The Office. No, you do not you think of definitely no, don't. Most definitely. What, is, what does that make you think of? Dexter. That's right. <laughs> or <laughs> Game of Thrones, I guess, yeah, if I, I watched it. Blood and like boobs, yeah. I assume there's a lot of blood in Or Spartacus. Haven't seen that one. It's, I mean, it's nothing but yeah, blood and a, on, all around boobs. All right. I can get down with that. Yeah. All right. Moving on. So there you go. There's, there's, there's the office. Great, great one, dude. Really great. Like it's pretty that. legit. I do like that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to move on. I've got, um, I've got Gilligan's Island. Kind of little predates me. Yeah. You guys just do that the whole time. So yeah, remember everybody's on the island, the the ship, the what was it, the USS Minnow? Is that right? SS a mighty ship. SS Minnow. Oh, SS Minnow. <laughs> Not USS. That's, that then it would be a uh, military ship or something. I think. Right. It's like a plane, a plane ship. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, basically, it goes. Hey, there was, um, you know, each character is represented by the seven deadly sins, and if you look at it, it does kind of make sense. I'm just gonna gonna break down this this list. Are there only here. five though? No, let's let's let's, oh, no, let's no, no, count no, through the song. Gilligan, right. There's there's Gilligan, Skipper the Skipper two, two. right? Got millionaire, a millionaire, millionaire and, and his wife. That's the right. I forgot about the movie star, <laughs> the professor and Mary and There it is. He's got it. And that's a scat take right there. We'll yeah. mark that one. All right. Anyway, moving on. Seven Deadly Sins, this is all a represented. Castaways. They're here all right. For a we, long, no, we get it. Time. Yes, you know this. All yes. right. So the most obvious is going to be the professor. The professor who fits the pride uh, sin, and you know any man like who lion? can make a who can make a ham radio out of some wire and two coconuts. Wait, being proud is. Mm-hmm. Is a sin. It's a sin. You've never. You didn't know that yeah. pride was one of the seven okay. deadly sins. I don't give a fuck. Guys, what Have are the seven deadly seven? sins? No, Brad Pitt, right? <laughs> What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Pride, no? sloth, gluttony, envy, greed. Um, Lust. Envy. Uh, no, vanity or something along the lines well, of vanity. Here we go. We'll, okay, we'll break, make our way through them. So basically, you know, at one point in the 
uh, show, he made a ham radio out of two coconuts. And, you know, you would think you'd be pretty cocky. I mean, Gilligan obviously later breaks it, but keep that in mind because we're going to loop back around to that. Okay. Um, his character was later revised, and uh, actually the series MacGyver was a spinoff of his character. Because he could make that. anything out of anything? Exactly. Um, for, the, for the sin of envy... We take a look at Marianne. Marianne, she's yeah. so jealous because uh, she was just the girl, plain girl next door, next to Ginger, right? And was just envious of Ginger's. Yeah, super she was. Hotness. She was jealous of her glamour. Um, she would just always look at her with that eye and be like, "Oh, I want that. I want that." I. What a, after yeah. years on an island, nobody's glamorous. No, I mean, Ginger suspicious. still was every single week. <laughs> she managed. She was making razors out of like coconut shrine so, or whatever. So she's and, MacGyver and shit too. I mean, but ham radio. How the hell are you making concealer and She's McGirl for. McGirlver. We'll come back around to that one. MacGyver. We're coming back around. MacGyver, McGirlver. No, I got it. Come on, guy, girl. I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, explain it to you. It's not funny. You're just interjecting pronouns. And who could doubt for a moment that Ginger is lust? I'm sure the kids were supposed to think she was acting. But we all know what uh, what was being you know portrayed in each acting episode. Acting like you wanted that, that D. You know, you and I know that that glazed look wasn't boredom, my okay. friends. <laughs> and then that moving was, on. I want to fuck you and you and you. What kind of person takes a trunk full of money on a three-hour cruise? A greedy man, Mr. Howell. That's right, a greedy, greedy. motherfucker. We're now left with three characters. First three Howell, sins. We have Jillian, the skipper, too. And Mrs. Howell. Let's see. Wait, wait. Mrs. Howell's who? Is the, the millionaire's, millionaire's wife. wife. Right, right. But she's also Which greed. Sin? She's. We're, we'll get there. We'll get there. Oh, okay, I thought you were. Rare. No, certainly we can further eliminate Mrs. Howell from this equation for being sloth. Her husband's she's rich. Lazy as fuck. She don't do nothing okay. and just hands off everything. I was going to say Skipper because he was a she heavier did guy. Jack I was going to sh- say Gilligan is lazy. Well, no, and just think she didn't do jack shit during during anything on the episode. She just was there. She's a waste of space. This leaves anger and gluttony to one character. Oh, and you. who's it going to be? It's the skipper. The skipper. Yeah, he was a... Either of which the skipper had no shortage. He was, after all, a big guy with the tendency to hit Gilligan with his hat. Almost yeah. like every episode. If, if he had a hammer, he'd be hitting him with it. So. Then he probably just If he had a once. hammer, he'd hammer in the morning. He'd hammer in the evening. Hammer? I barely know her. I guess you could say it's hammer time then. Oh. All the time. You guys are just hamming Stop. it up, aren't and you? Then, and then, of course, Gilligan. Like, he is Satan himself because the ham what? radio would have saved them, but he, he broke it. All right? Almost every escape attempt that they had, he foiled it. Yeah, uh-huh. but not, not because he's some evil mastermind, but because he's a fucking be- nincompoop. It, no, and that's it. That is, that, is, that is being Satan portrayed as that. Just oh, because to, Satan because, is a nincompoop? No, because if he were to Don't just outwardly like nincompoop? just smash it and be like, no— you're Income. staying here. That would just be obvious. So he he takes the. It was persona. all a ruse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he doesn't. I thought know. that one's pretty interesting. It's, it's yeah, it's it's dumbness mistake for evilness. Yeah, okay. he's just playing it off. Interesting. Like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so is we'll that it? That. Is that yeah, everybody? that's it. That was everybody. So they represent the Los, seven deadly sins, huh? Yeah, exactly. Think about it next time you watch uh, seven Gilligan or that. But is <laughs> Gilligan? If I wanted to watch Gilligan's Island, where could I watch it? Uh, I think TV can, land. I think you can watch it on Hulu. But did you guys ever watch the last episode of Gilligan's Island where they get off the island? No. It's like a Castaway episode. Like, a, oh no, it's like Tom Hanks at the end of Castaway. So they finally get off the island. Who cares how they got off, right? They, they got off because they've had enough time out, out there. They get back 
and life's just not the same. They want to sleep on the floor. People they can't relate to people the same way anymore. They got institutionalized. They got that deep on fucking Gilligan's Island of all shows. And so what happens is they go for a reunion. And so uh, of course the Skipper and Gilligan are still you know doing their their ship thing. Uh, they have the SS Minnow two, and they all get on it for another three hour tour to like congratulate everybody. No. And guess the what the fuck happens? Gilligan fucks up one more time, and they end up on the island again, and that's the end. Rip get Gregoom. Just Fade sit out. right back at your hero. Is that really what happened? No, yeah, that's part of that's. Um, they rescue. really just did the same thing and then ended up right back on the fucking island. Yeah, you know, there's drama in between. You know, definitely they spend a lot of time on land dealing with the issues that they face. How, how stupid do you have to be? Like, hey, let's stupid. get on another little boat and do the same thing we did before. Well, they they've. They actually, it felt like at the end of the episode that they kind of wanted to go back on the island. Okay. Because they were all done with this life that they had. They've lived on this island for like 50 years. Now they're back. And never aged. And uh, they were just wanted to, like, life sucks out here. Why, let's go back to our paradise of, you know, having coconut radios and coconut bras. So let's do it, you know? And when it happened, they weren't, they weren't really mad at Gilligan. Wait, Gilligan fucked up again, and they were like, Gilligan... Shaking their hand. This is oh, the story you. of a castaways. They're here for a long, long time. They have to make the best of things. It's an uphill climb. No life, no life, no luxury. No single luxury. Like Robinson right, Caruso. Primitive as can be. So sit right back in your... Okay, anyway, sir. All right. <laughs> no, good one on Gilligan's, man. Yeah, I dig that. I like that one. It makes You're sense. Up. You're um, up. What you got? Let me tell you guys a little bit about this. Tell me this. a thing. Let me tell you about some characters. Tell me about a thing. Jack Shepard. Desmond, John Locke, the sexy Kate Austin, oh. lovable token fat dude Hugo, and the sexy ass dreamboat Sawyer. Just a few of the characters aboard Oceanic Flight 815 that crash landed on a mysterious island. At first it was about survival. Then we found some hatches. And then there's a smoke monster that appears once in a while to stir that shit up. It's really a wonderful fantasy show. Boys, are you familiar with it? Are you guys fans? I'm aware of it. Did you ever watch it at all? Nope. I've seen a handful of episodes. I've watched Lost back and forth um, at least twice. I watch every episode twice at least. And just recently, uh, I watched the very, very last episode last night. It's about an hour and 45 minutes long. And it's really good. It, it always tears me up, man. Lost give us, gives, uh, gave us six seasons of excitement, drama, and weirdly enough, time travel. But one Weird. thing Lost didn't really give us was, like, answers. What was that smoke thing? What about the time hops? Was it all a dream? Was it purgatory? Uh, they answered some of those things, like the smoke monster, I guess. But where did the smoke monster come from originally? Uh, as for that ending, I thought it was great, and it makes me tear up. I don't know what it is. They, they're in this, the whole season. They're, they've been on this island, and now they flash sideways to this other world where they're living their life off the island, and they're in a, they don't know each other. The people that lived on the island with them now they're like amongst this world. And the point of them was to, if they interacted with that person and something triggered them, they would all of a sudden remember everything. Like, oh my god! And now they knew that they were in this afterlife world or some shit. We don't know what it was. And they sort of let the viewer figure out what was what with this lost thing. I can't believe you guys didn't watch this stuff. It's a it's a world-renowned show in here, a show. But uh, some people didn't 
think that was enough answers. So this is a theory from sci-fi.com. I find it a very cool theory. And uh, let me go with the little sipperoo here before I get going. Right. Ah, here we go. Number mm. one. The island was, in fact, the main character of the show. Stop for a minute and consider this. What if the entire show was not told through the character's perspective, but from the island's perspective? I believe that the light in the center of the island is time. And yes, there is a light in the center of the island that conducts this amazing radiation. So he's got, a, he's got some examples on this theory, on this number one uh, theory of that the island is in fact the main character. So here we go. You see the light each instance that there is a time jump in season five. So yes, every time there is a time jump, a giant light appears in the sky and then they appear in a, then they end up in a different time. Here's another one. Every man has a little bit of time, which they consider our lives, but we always want more, just like Jacob's mother said. Jacob's mother goes on to say that the light is a physical manifestation of life, death, and rebirth. If this is true, then time fits the description almost perfectly. And if the light is time, then it means that it contains the past, present, and future. This means that the light in the center of the island holds the memories of all of those who have ever come to the island. So they're trying to say that now, instead of lost with all the characters that we follow, you're seeing the perspective of the island. And he gives you mm. some backup on that. Let's go to the next example here. So what's with the flash sideways in season six? Like I was just telling you. Is it all a dream world? Uh, is it a dream world created by the island from the creator's memories where they are able to have all the things they couldn't in the real world? Now, Desmond is exposed to the blast in the hatch. As we know, he is special. Somehow he is special. And this will not kill him. He is resistant. In fact, he wakes up naked in the jungle after the incident, his clothes even destroyed by the intense exposure. However, so his clothes didn't survive. His, his clothes did not survive, so you can those see... Those living clothing. There, we're going, we're reverting back to the ghosts there. And, yeah. uh, the, uh, a, what do we call that? That's called a playback? or Anyways, however Desmond... Throwback. Throwback there. However Desmond himself is able to resist the energy and see what lies within. So what does lie within the energy in the hatch? Well... We all know that the energy is time in a physical form, which means it has the history of the island running through it. Those very important memories, you guys. And this causes Desmond to be sent to the Flash Sideways Dream World. And this is very interesting. When I read that, I go, that is how this whole dream world starts. He kind of, Desmond goes, we flash sideways to this world where everyone's back on, on land. And Desmond seems to know that we're not in this dreamland, that he knows that this is an afterlife, that he needs to gather everybody. He knows that because he told Jack right before he died, or Jack died, he goes, he goes, uh, see you in the next life, brother. He's a, he's a Scottish guy. And he right. says, I'm going to make this Sounds better for Scottish. you. I want you, uh, we're going to be all together again. Some shit like that to the effect. And then he's the one who brings everybody together to get them to remember. Because if they meet each other, they don't know each other in this afterlife. And there's, he's got to try to coerce them to remember if something that will get them to flood their head again with all the memories of the memories that they had with each other. And then once they do, they're able to go to find another person and do the same thing until they're all together and then they get to go into this mystery. They go into a church and they open it up and it's all white. So we assume that's purgatory or some sort of afterlife where they all meet up so that they can all go to heaven together. That's what we're kind of assuming hmm. here. Damn. Interesting, right? Yeah. Matt JJ, I tell you. Well, he only did the first season. I think it got taken over after that. Number three, as we know, the light within the water holds the memories How of... How many fucking lights are there? 
It's the water, the light in the middle of the island. Oh, it's is like it in a, water? It's, it's like just water that goes leads to it and everything. Mm. The light within the water holds the memories. And yeah, there's like a stream, and if you stand, and then so and uh, all the memories of those who had ever been on the island, unless someone is special like Desmond, when you make contact with it, you are killed. But a side effect also occurs. The person's mind merges with the memories, becoming a physical manifestation of the past. This is the smoke monster. <gasps> oh. Shit, man. That's, that show's got some deep, deep meaning there. And if in Lost, if you slow the frames down when you see the smoke monster, you will see images of the character's past within the smoke. No. The smoke monster makes a ticking and winding sound of like a grandfather clock resetting, signifying its existence as a moving, living version of time. The smoke monster is able to make the uh, take the form of dead people since it's a, phys- a physical manifestation of the past, which, yes, he's able to do that. He becomes John Locke at the very end and tries to escape the island. This is a pretty damn good damn. theory. Uh, number four, another mystery is in the springs in the temple that healed Saeed and Ben back in 1977 because they flashed back, right? Mm-hmm. And it's an extensive network of ancient tunnels and chambers on at least two levels exist beneath the temple, which were first seen in the episode Dead is Dead. Through a system of mirrors, light is sent through the tunnels to the temple where it emerges in the spring water. Once this happens, the light is, of course, refracted. When a person is placed inside the water, the refracted light will make contact with them. I hope you remember what happens when this occurs. Just like the island experiences time jumps, so do people. So when uh, Duggan sticks his hand in the water to heal a cut, it emerges cut free. It is an earlier version of the hand that you see. Ooh. Uh, Take my little hand. So the hand because the spring the contains the light, and the light is time. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, oh, or maybe it's flashing forward to a part where it's healed. Could be. This is the last part of the theory. This part of the theory accounts for a lot of the events that occur in the very last episode of the show. It operates on the basis that if the light in any of the pockets is held back, it exponentially uh, slows the geological clock of the island. Time is not being released as normal. Thus, the island's time is slower. Hmm. 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 In the last episode, we see Desmond descend into the cave. He goes into the pool and is once more bombarded by the harsh exposure of the light. However, he does not jump to the flash sideways at this point. And there is a reason for this. During the destruction of the hatch and the exposure to the light in Widmore's reactor, Desmond is being blasted with energy in its purest form. However, here the light is refracting underneath the pool of water. Desmond is not fully exposed. So he's okay. Desmond removes the stone plug from the hole in a large burst. Time rushes to catch up with all that was lost. Ooh. Ah. Uh, huh? <laughs> and in the scenes that follow, ah. we see the island begin to fall apart. Throughout the previous seasons, we saw the other pockets be rendered inert. The hatch is destroyed, so the pocket is lost. Again, all the energy pent up underneath the orchid is lost in season five and is released in large bursts that cause the time flashes. Oh, that makes sense. This leaves the heart of the island as the sole remaining energy pocket, and when it goes out, then the entire island does, and that's what they're dealing with. When he pulls that plug, the island starts shaking every once in a while, and then shaking again, and, they're, and it's falling apart until Jack goes back in, spoiler alert, and plugs it back up. The smoke monster predicts this, okay? However, he makes a fatal flaw. Jack has become the new protector of the island before the pillar is removed. Jacob has given him all the memories, and Jack knows that if they remove that pillar of smoke or the pillar, that smoke monster will be mortal again. So 
Jack is able to kill the smoke monster in human form, then return the pillar to its spot where it stops releasing the time, and it causes the island to fall apart, which is call, uh, causing the island to fall apart. And then upon Jack's death, the only thing that remains of him and all the others that were on the island is their memories stored there. Oh, my God. Mind is blown. I tell you, man. Wow. I tell That's you. That's fucking involved shit. Mind hurts. But one <clears> thing <throat> that I just, I, I've always wanted to know does uh, the character named John Locke, is there any correlation to the philosopher John yes, Locke? Yes, they definitely have uh, made the correlation to that because there's uh, Daniel Faraday, uh, who also as is a very smart, like Michael Faraday, electromagnetism, the, okay, yeah, yeah. because they um, they deal with a lot of ma- uh, electromagnetism. There's a company that have channeled all the electromagnetism that comes from this island, and that's why we have all these special hatches and shit, because oh, okay. they were, like, back in the 70s when it was active, because they're in the future, but they see all these hatches, like, now in the, you know, 2000s, but when they flash back, all the hatches are now, like, active, and their people are there, and so they, they become that, that patch, and then when they go back to the future, they see... A picture of the the crew and it's all them and shit. Oh because shit! Because they were the ones, shining style. It's dude. It was cool, man. <laughs> it really nice. was really cool. All, all right. All hatches and no play make John Locke a dull boy. That's right. That's right. <laughs> all right. We got uh, something about the Rugrats here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was gonna try to sing the song first, but you done fucking already gave the show away. So fuck you, Lowe's. Oh, just just go on with it. I might have a little something planned. <laughs> Okay, so right. that works. <laughs> Thank you very much. Does everybody remember Rugrats? Yeah, I, I do. Lovable it. show about talking babies. Creepy Great babies. Show. Great show. Yeah, really weird animation. Kinda weird cre- shaped creepy. heads. Creepy. 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 And that bitch so, Angelica. There it is. There we go. Let's just take a little trip down memory lane. Just let it. Just let it run. When he falls. Little known fact, and you guys should look this up on Bing, that Al Gore co-wrote that song. All right. Al Gore. And then he invented them internets. (laughs) (laughs) Bing it, baby. All right. Okay, go ahead. Rugrats. So we all are aware, and I always thought it was a show about Tommy and his friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is Is that not what it was about? According to this theory, Uh Angelica is the actual protagonist of the series. Angelica's a little bitch, though. Angelica is a bitch. White privileged oh, little bitch. hate Angelica. And what was her doll's name? Cynthia? Cynthia. Why are you saying it like that? I don't know. So She was just my least favorite character. Hey, this is Jeff from Texas. Oh. All right, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> so Angelica is the actual protagonist, according to this theory. So the deal here is... Her relationship with her dad is very superficial. In fact, her dad isn't even really a character on the show. Yeah, he's a little pushover, man. Well, it's uh, Stu's her brother, mom, right? Huh? It's Stu's brother. That's her right. dad, right? And, yeah. and then her mom is too busy. Her mom is a super businesswoman, right? Jonathan! So her mom never showed her any love or affection. So to deal with this loneliness, Angelica dreamed up the Rugrats and their adventures. Okay. That, oh. would, that would make sense. So Her imaginary friends, Right, essentially. essentially. Now, why would a toddler need to dream up a bunch of babies? Well, because at one yeah. time they weren't imaginary. We'll start what with Chucky. 
What? Okay. What, what you talking about with us? Chucky Chuck, was the redhead, right? Chucky was the redhead with the glasses that was like super nervous and neurotic and scared of everything. Now, Chucky and his mom actually died in a car wreck, which is why Shit, his dad dark. is such a neurotic mess all the time. Chaz mm-hmm. was oh. always such a mess. That's because he lost his wife and son, and wait, so he's wait, like well, super scared and cautious of everything all the, the proof, time. What's the proof of the car crash? Just well, no, that it's out there? known on the show that his mom died in a car right. crash. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So at one point during a trip to Paris, Chaz met a Japanese prostitute named Kira, married her, and she moved to America to be with him, and she got a green card. Yeah, and so Kira had a daughter, Kimmy, but was taken away because the state didn't think Kira was a fit mother due to her addiction and her whore-like ways. Oh, shit. (laughs) What was her addiction? (laughs) She was a drug addict. Yeah, but I guess being a prostitute, prostitute, right? Um, So Kira misses her daughter and always brings her up. Charles, on the other hand, still talks about Chucky all the time. So Angelica has taken the bits and pieces from the conversations she's heard and made up Chucky and Kimmy. Sure. So Tommy, who I always thought was the main star of the show, Tommy is stillborn. (laughs) He was born dead. This is dark, man. Yeah. Oh no, this is not a good one. This is real dark. So. Uh, so after the failed birth, his father, Stu Pickles, went crazy. That's why he's always in the basement building toys. He's trying uh, to make he was toys. a little off. He's trying to make toys for the son he never got to raise and give and toys Dee, to. And Dee, the wife of his, was always working, so they didn't have, yeah. he didn't have to work. So then we have Phil and Lil, the twins. Oh, yeah. The DeVilles. The DeVilles were forced to terminate their pregnancy due to tragic circumstances. Now, since they never found out the baby's sex... Angelica never knew whether it was going to be a boy or a girl, so she imagined twins, wow. one of each. Wow, okay. somebody. <laughs> All right. Now, her hallucinations are a subconscious reaction to her own tragic past because her mom that we see on the show is not her biological mom. Her biological mom was an addict who died from a heroin overdose. So in his depression, Angelica's dad married Charlotte, the super businesswoman bitch that we see in the show. Uh-huh. Uh, she was obsessed with success, only wanted him for the money he got from the life insurance from his dead wife. Now, Angelica idolized her mother, Charlotte, and always wanted to be like her, also why she's a bitch, but had her Cynthia doll, which her mother's name was Cynthia. Yeah. And the doll had this nasty-ass, unwashed orange dress and this crazy, splotchy the fucking hair. hair. Was missing, like, an entire lock right. or something. Because her mom was a heroin addict, so her doll... Oh, shit. Yeah. So her, her doll, doll represented her out. heroin addict actual mother. <laughs> wow. So the only real character, other than Angelica, was Dill. Dill Tommy's youngest brother like the, the oh the and newborn. he wasn't even brought in until until later. later now the problem with with him is he couldn't speak because he was the only one that was an actual baby he wasn't a figment of angelica's imagination so she couldn't give him a, a personality, personality to deal yeah. with and so she couldn't understand why she didn't have any control or power over this baby like she did all the others and she she got mad and lashed out and started striking him and beat him and that's why even in the later shows, like when they did a reboot and they yeah. were all like grown-ups, sort uh-huh. of, like teenagers, Dill never really talked right. He was always wearing hats to cover up the head wounds that he got oh, from shit. Angelica's beating. <laughs> so basically she kid. mentally handicapped this poor kid 
And uh, so then later in the Rugrats all grown up, he's always wearing hats and she's like with him because she feels guilty and responsible for this kid's. You know, uh, looking back, she did always try to involve them in some sort of plot and just control them. And yeah, yeah. That's very possible. So it sounds like, of course, in all grown up, they're all older kids because uh, as she grew up and wasn't a kid anymore, she'd kind of moved on. But then, as a teenager, she followed in her biological mother's footsteps and started taking drugs, oh, shit. and that brought all the imaginary hallucinatory friends back. Of course, they've grown up a bit because yeah. time has passed. So that's why the 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 Rugrats are preteen to teenage years, and that and that. So the only actual friend she ever had was Susie. Okay. She had her friend Susie who pretended that her imaginary friends were real because she liked her friend so much she didn't want to take like her only coping mechanism, her only bit of happiness in this fucked up life that she has. So she just like went along with it. And then as they grew up, she kind of forgot about him and all was well until she started getting into drugs and hitting the smack. And the imaginary friends came back and even drove Susie away. So that's why in the All Grown Up series... Susie's not around because Angelica drove her away with her drug-addled hallucinations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so... Uh, and And then it all ends. Uh, Angelica overdoses, and that's when All Grown Up ends. And the, the whole Wait, is that really how it ends? Rugrats is all over. No, it doesn't end. I, wow. They don't actually show her overdosing okay. on drugs to end a children's cartoon. Yeah, that's... Was, no, I mean, but uh, that's the explanation for... Man, that's... That's it's fucking dark, kinda, man. Kind of fulfilling, though. Like, I can, I can kind of see all those things linking up. Right. I always thought it was really funny that uh, Dill's last name was Pickles. Right, because Tommy Dill Pickles, Pickles, Stu Pickles, yeah. So uh, yeah, I just thought it was funny. I don't know why they waited till their second kid to finally figure that name out. I mean, I say you take advantage for every fucking kid that you right. have. Right. So you got Dill, then you got bread and butter. Maybe they didn't bread think and butter about pickle. It. Yeah, they were like, okay, what, what's a really good name we like? Okay, Dylan. They didn't think about it at all. It's like Dylan Pickles. Dylan, right, Dylan. Dylan Pickles. Who can make fun of that? And then they, it comes out like, oh, fuck, why didn't we think of that shit? <laughs> it's like that episode of uh, Rick and Morty, Intergalactic Cable, and it's like, oh, yeah, the first kid came out, and we, listen, we just named him Michael, you know, no big deal. And then I came out, and it's like, oh, fuck it, let's just call him Pykel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michael and Pykel. Yeah, they have the TV show at the same time. All right, moving on. All right, you guys well, know Futurama. Next? I love Futurama. Man, Futurama's probably dun, one of my dun, favorite shows. Dun, 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 now, we remember the, the first episode. Fry ends up into the cryo freezer and falls back right. and comes out. I found that's a big problem he... with that one though, because as they're doing the countdown to the new year, it goes all around the world. Yeah, and yeah. Well, language. There, there's no way that they would yeah. be doing the countdown the same. Anyway, sorry. Well, you know, I'm finding flaw in a futuristic well, cartoon. The physics <laughs> in his fall and the rollback in his chair doesn't make sense either. But no. we're going to disregard that because right. that's not the theory. Well, because he was actually pushed by Nibbler, so. I've that heard we people do, say we that. Do yeah, yeah. No, they, they and later see they show he goes back and they relive yeah. it and he's under the desk and oh, pushes really? him over. Yeah. Oh, I must have missed that. That actually did happen. Okay. Anyway, uh, Bender, he's typically known as the evil, uh, crooked robot. He just but doesn't give a shit about humans and this, wants to get fucked up all the time. Well, but this theory suggests otherwise that B, uh, Bender was not evil until that he until he actually met Fry. Mm. Now, if we look back in this first episode. Bender, he's about ready to commit suicide. He walks into the suicide yeah, yeah, booth, yeah. 
Um, this doesn't tally with Bender's, uh, you know, that we get to know in the course of the series. Uh, in fact, nothing he says before they run from Leela in the first series, because remember, she's trying to give them, you get know, their, their chip. business tag, or and, the job tag, or and whatever. And Fry just ends up being a delivery boy again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hooray, um, I'm a delivery boy! Yeah, and when they uh, try uh, try and escape from Leela in the head museum, Bender gets shocked. If you pay attention, he gets shocked, you know, at his antenna. Um, and the theory runs that in doing so, that caused Bender to reboot and to take, and when that happens, he kind of takes um, in his surroundings, and they just so happen to be in the Hall of Criminals oh. at that time when he reboots. So he takes that in, and the first thing he sees, the heads of famous criminals and reboots to the lovable but highly illegal rogue that we all love. That's true. Bender. We do love Bender. Yeah. It's a, that's Shut a short up, baby, one. I know it. <laughs> yeah, I love that one. I love you, baby. Shut up, baby, I know it. I'm Bender. I'm Bender. I'm Bender. I love the episode one. where he becomes a human. <laughs> and he and just, then just eats goes himself to death. It's like eating <laughs> yes. nothing but nachos and chugging beer. Yes. And then they, they he thought he was alive because he kept going, woo. It was just <laughs> air escaping from his fat folds. <laughs> good times, good times. Yeah. Oh, what a great show. Is that all you had for that that's one? That's all I got. That's a short that's, one, man, but that, I like that one. We're going to be going into this last one here before we get into the news and it's about the karate kid you guys familiar with the karate kid right i think everybody's familiar with Uh, the karate kid and the next karate kid and the reboot i never saw any of that i saw the jackie chan one i've seen the original one of course and i've seen the jackie chan and i've seen a little bit of the new one coming out let me just get this started by saying that the short summary of this movie is a martial arts master agrees to teach karate to a bullied teenager Yeah, pretty much. But this theory that I'm about to read can be summarized as a demon sorcerer agrees to teach karate to a teenage bully. Oh, okay. So in this five minutes... Did you say Mr. Miyagi's a demon? He's a demon sorcerer. (laughs) Um, And we'll get into that in a second there. Was he fucking Shang Tsung? In in this five-minute video we're going to play for you, J. Matthew Turner argues why he believes Daniel LaRusso is a violent sociopath who picks every fight in the Karate Kid. So it's going to make you look at this kid a lot differently. So without any further ado, here is J. Matthew Turner, and he's going to argue why he believes Daniel LaRusso is a violent sociopath. The Karate Kid is the story of Daniel, a violent sociopath who moves to a California town and begins tormenting a local boy and his friends. Johnny is a high school senior with a commitment to atone for past mistakes and move his life forward in a positive direction. No, ex-degenerate, man. 8 a.m. tomorrow, I'm a senior. I've got one year to make it all work. And that's what I'm going to do. That's right. Make it work. They are destined to meet when Daniel's neighbor invites him to a beach party where he becomes instantly obsessed with Johnny's newly ex-girlfriend, Allie. And I. After a courtship ritual consisting solely of creepy, unbroken eye contact, he approaches her only to be summarily rebuffed. Johnny arrives to patch things up with Allie, but the discussion becomes heated. Well, I want to talk to you, all right? Now, I want to be clear about this. What Johnny is doing is not okay, and he should respect her wish to be left alone. Johnny is, in the end, a flawed hero. (laughs) But one thing he is definitely not doing is getting violent. Daniel, however, seeing an opportunity to insert himself into Allie's life, chooses to escalate the situation, demanding the return of Allie's radio. Frustrated and heartbroken, Johnny complies with Daniel's request and in the heat of the moment, pushes him down. Daniel now has the radio and Allie is still in no danger. Nevertheless, he attacks Johnny, who merely steps aside, allowing Daniel to knock himself to the ground twice. I didn't do anything! 
But when Daniel refuses to let it go, Johnny must use force to end this violent outburst for the safety of everyone present. <laughs> so what is Daniel's response to Johnny's non-aggression? Pow, a oh. sucker punch right to the mouth. That's right. Johnny defends himself, as is his legal right, and then de-escalates the situation by leaving the scene entirely. The next right. day in school, Daniel trips while playing sport ball. Rather than accepting that occasional bumps and bruises will happen during playtime, Daniel instead externalizes the blame onto Johnny's friend Bobby and proceeds to ground and pound him, MMA style. A few days later, Daniel attempts to enroll at a karate school, obviously intending to up his game so he can get revenge on Johnny. Put it this way, how would you feel if someone picked a fight with you, lost, and then went out the next day and bought a gun? Well, that's exactly how Johnny feels when Daniel shows up at Cobra Kai. So he decides to send a message. Your violence will not be tolerated because Johnny knows what can happen when you teach karate to a person with a bad attitude. Months go by and no one bothers anyone. Clearly this conflict is over. Until Daniel, unprovoked and for absolutely no reason, drenches Johnny with water in the middle of a school function, ruining his night. To add irony to injury, Johnny was at that very moment sparking up a J, which is just about the least violent thing you can do. What a bastard. <laughs> Weasel snagged the bee. All right. But I digress. Right. Daniel has crossed the line this time and he knows it. After causing a multi-car collision, he flees into the night. There is no telling what further damage this unbalanced and violent individual will do. And once again, it falls on Johnny to contain Daniel's fury. After local busybody, karate master, and child batterer Mr. Miyagi intervenes, Daniel convinces him that this is somehow all Johnny's fault. So they go to Johnny's sacred place, the Cobra Kai studio, and challenge him to yet another fight. Johnny accepts the challenge and even agrees to refrain from defending himself against any more of Daniel's unprovoked aggression until the match. No one touches the Primadonna until the tournament. Daniel, of course, sees this as a license to continue to harass Johnny in public with impunity. Goddamn right. All right, watch this. Hey guys, how you doing? It's good to see you. Hey, sorry about the eye today, Johnny. Shoulder okay, Tommy? You guys be careful not to go step in front of any more buses now, all right? The day of the tournament arrives. Fucking Johnny kid. is there defending his title. <laughs> Daniel, meanwhile, is a danger to himself and others as he doesn't even know the basic rules of engagement. All right, what are the rules here? <laughs> to no one's surprise, Johnny advances Just to the final right round there. and Karma catches up with Daniel when his leg is injured by the boy he wantonly attacked on the soccer field. However, just as Johnny is about to be awarded his trophy, Daniel is granted unnatural strength by the demon sorcerer Miyagi, <laughs> enabling him to defeat Johnny and win the tournament in an upset. Famous Ever mindful of good sportsmanship, Johnny lets go of his sadness at losing, subjugates his ego, and personally presents Daniel with his tainted blood trophy. May you choke on it in your wet dreams, you rotten little prick. Thanks for watching. <laughs> So if you guys like that, you wow. should check that out on YouTube, guys. Just search Daniel is the real bully, and you're going to get that. It makes a lot of sense. Now, if you rewatch hey, the movie... Hey, I've already said this is he's the biggest bitch-ass martial art hero there has been in cinema history. Yeah, all he's really known for is getting his ass beat a couple times and then the swan That kick, one fucking kick. Which was illegal. Right. Now, YouTube rebooted the Karate Kid earlier this month. So let me paint a picture for you. 35 years later, good old Johnny, who now enjoys grilled bologna and uh, served with a side of watery ketchup and lukewarm gas station pizza. He has had his world torn apart by the demon sorcerer Miyagi and the cheater kicker senior year of his high school. And uh, ever since, he hasn't been able to get back on his feet. One day after getting fired from yet another job, 
Johnny's kicking back enjoying a slice of the grossest pizza you've ever seen until he sees a local kid getting picked on by a group of asshole kids. But soon enough, Johnny gets jumped by the local teenage savage hooligans and is left no choice but to defend himself and the kid. The kid sees him as a hero and asks Johnny to help him defend himself. Now, Johnny sees, seeks redemption by reopening the infamous Cobra Kai Karate Dojo, reigniting his rivalry with now successful Daniel San LaRusso, who has been struggling to maintain balance in his life without guidance of his mentor, Mr. Miyagi. The show is about the two men addressing past demons and present frustrations the only way they know how, through karate. Now, I watched the first two episodes. You can watch them on YouTube for free. Kind of sets About you up. Free? And, but you see this first episode, and it really solidifies how bad this guy got it after that face kick. He's, he's driving through town after getting fired from yet another fucking job for calling a woman a bitch. And he sees billboards, LaRusso Automotive, and he's like, fuck that. He's listening to the radio, and he's kicking back on the radio, enjoying the song. And then all of a sudden, Daniel LaRusso here from LaRusso Autosports. We kick the competition. And he's pissed off. Then his car gets hit by some fucking bitch-ass girl who took off. Yeah, just hit-and-run style. I won't tell you who the girl he found out was. Elizabeth Shue. Let's just say she did get a good look at him, too, so it adds for some suspense. I think it's a really good episode. The second episode kind of follows Russo's, uh, LaRusso's uh, POV of the whole thing, where he's now... Seeing he's talking to one of the kids, which happens to be his daughter's friend or boyfriend. He goes, oh, nice shiner there because he got his ass beat by Johnny and he, he got it kind of got out of him. He's like, so what kind of kid give you a shiner like that? He's like, it wasn't a kid. <laughs> and he's like, really, who was it? And then he goes to Cobra Kai and he stands there in front of him. He goes, hey, so you same old fucking douchebag that you always were, you know, beating, beating up teenagers. He's like, I didn't beat up any teenagers. I kicked the ass of some people who deserved it. He goes, oh, yeah, real nice, real nice, Lawrence. He's like, fuck you, Larissa. Why don't you suck a dick? He's like, wow, this got okay. really adult really quick. <laughs> I was in problem at the end. But now it seems that Daniel LaRusso doesn't realize that his daughter's friends are the bullies. Picking on some kid. And by the way, he starts this Cobra Kai so that he can have a dojo so he can train that kid who's being bullied. And Daniel LaRusso Which wants very, to stop very... that. very, very... Uh, noble. It's a very noble cause. Start this to help the kid who's getting bullied not get bullied anymore. It's a very noble cause he's doing. Now, I think LaRusso sees this as like, no, that's the Nazis right there. I mean, yeah, he's helping them defend himself, but like their motto is strike first, strike hard, no mercy. Right. And so maybe that's the wrong ideals that he needs. Maybe he needs some right. real karate. That I think that's why he's pissed off. He's like, no, Cobra Kai is not the kind of karate you want. Maybe that's kind of how they're so what justifying. What you got to do it. is get your ass kicked for a while, and then do an illegal kick to the face, and that's how, that's how you karate. <laughs> that's why we call him the that's passion how you rider. Yep, he gets into it. All right, it, man. you guys, that was some amazing stuff. Where are we on time here? <laughs> oh, one. Oh, we got time. Don't worry about it. Let's do some news. Got a game. With Nick and we come in at game? you coming with. Oh, yeah, we're playing the What Am I game. I thought we should have played the What Am I game before we do some news. I mean, we can wait. Let's hold on to that game. All right. All right. We're, we're pressed for time, so we're going to hold on to the game till later. Let's do some news. We've got the news 
with Nick and Lois, that's right. We coming at you, coming with the light. We got the news, we've got the news. We've got the news, we've got the news, yeah. We've got the news with Nick and Lois. That's right. Yesha Callahan ordered some food from La Porchetta, a pizza restaurant in Sterling, April 22nd. Callahan said the delivery driver was friendly and asked her for a Yelp review. After her meal, Callahan logged in and gave her assessment of a burger, an Italian, an Italian style pastry. <laughs> Why did they have to mention that? I could have just cut that out. Quote, I tried this place based on the reviews and the fact that they had Zapolis on the menu, which you don't come by often. I ordered the cheeseburger, which was very dry and unseasoned. Also did not come with less lettuce or tomato. The Zapolis barely had any powdered sugar on them and were soggy from the styrofoam container. I would suggest sending them to people in small paper bags. Maybe next time I'll try the pizza. She gave her experience three stars. Well, it's a four-star system, right? Or is it five? I mean, if I think it is a four. No, five star. Either way, three stars. Pretty it's right. good. It's middle of the road. Yeah. Callahan told that later that same evening, around 10 p.m., she heard several knocks at the door. She says, I live alone and I'm not going to go to my door at 10 o'clock at night and answer it. Fuck that. After the knocks, Callahan said she received some phone calls. Two phone calls came. She sent them both to voicemail. Then she finally listened to the message. There was a man trying or saying he was outside the door to talk about the Yelp review. She said, I was scared. I was scared. I've seen horror movies. She said the restaurant could have responded to her review online or wait until the following day to try to make amends. But then the door opened. It's skin. That didn't really happen. So, <laughs> but this me. but this actually happened to this woman here. Left a three star review, and uh, she adjusted her original three star rating to a one star rating after she added the ap- uh, update. Well, what she added that well, yeah, after that whole hey, shit this happened. creepy fuck just came to my my GD door. Not to mention, <coughs> I want to analyze this. She said maybe next time she's going to try the pizza. You know that means she's going to give it another shot. All right. She updated her review, and this is what it says. I originally gave this piece a three-start review, uh, but I know it's going to be reduced to one star because the manager showed up at my house on a Sunday night at 10 p.m. because he obviously wasn't pleased with the review and wanted to talk. Not only that, he repeatedly called my phone to let me know that he was standing outside my door. W-T-F. I do not answer my door late at night for Nyawan. How dare you show up at my house and do that? How 
dare you? How dare you talk to me like that? How dare anyone show up at my house like that? What kind of business are you running? And yes, the police have been notified. I also wouldn't be surprised at all if these positive reviews were done by friends, associates, since it seems as though many of the reviews were done by people with one or two reviews on their profile. Next time, don't ask for a review if you don't want the truth. Because the truth hurts, yo. And guess what? One last little thing here. The restaurant commented. Thank you, Yesha, for your review. It is clearly a misjudgment from our manager to go to your house at 10 p.m. The Grubhub had the wrong description of just a burger, and that was the only reason why our manager went to your house was to give you a replacement order and explain that he personally apologizes to you. And we apologize for any inconvenience that we had caused. Email me back at blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they went at it the wrong way. They could have called yeah, her first and call. said, "Hey, oh, absolutely. we fucked up, and let them. I'm gonna come over and and mm-hmm. and send you another burger." I and mean, I hear uh, lots of stories about like bad Yelp reviews where the restaurant or the manager responds to the review. You can mm-hmm. do that on the site, yeah, and you know, fire back or apologize or whatever you feel you need to do. But like driving to someone's personal residence. Even if it was fucking two in the afternoon, like well, that's, think about that's, it. He would have had to have done because she would have left the review. I doubt she would have left like her full name. Probably some what I mean. It probably wasn't very cryptic, so he was able to figure out it came from her. Unless he went, he drove to like everybody's house after that. <laughs> no, he definitely broke the pi- uh, the pi- privacy thing don't by, go, yeah, by going to a house, house after yeah. they've sent already something. It doesn't matter. The t- I mean, 10 o'clock at night is... What is it? Is, is it Curb Your Enthusiasm where Larry David's like the, the time cut off for like a, a text or a phone call was, what is it, like 9 o'clock or something? He makes a big deal. It's like, oh, but they're calling after the cutoff. That's an old I man. Don't know. <laughs> He's an old man anyways. Moving on. Charlotte Company is now selling family cloth, which is reusable toilet paper. Hmm? A small startup in Charlotte is now trying to change the bathroom game and save the environment at the same time with a new product called family cloth. Family cloth, for those who aren't from Asheville or Boone, is a polite euphemism for reusable toilet paper. Family cloth. Basically, you use the cloth wipes, drop them in a bucket instead of the toilet, launder them, and repeat the cycle. Gross, dude. But people do that with diapers, though. There are reusable diapers, mm-hmm. yeah. But you I scoop just, out the poop, though, I'm sure, right? First first off, like... Before you wash them, that's yeah, an get important a, you step. You have yeah, an ice you, cream you scoop for it. <laughs> One that has a little slider oh, so that you... You have it, and you're but like... But it's got, like, red tape dump around it, the handle. Dump it to, into the toilet or something Don't use that in the first. real ice cream. <laughs> Sorry, Nick, what were you saying? You take the little reusable <laughs> cloth and, like... Dump it out into the toilet oh. and then put the cloth. Oh, yeah. so we got little poopies falling, bloop, 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 splashing yeah. That's everywhere. for babies. If you're if you're wiping your ass, there shouldn't be any well, like, sure, actual sure. turds. <laughs> I don't know, man. Shit happens. It's just shit like, does happen. My Everybody man, does. My it. man. But I mean, obviously that you wash those by themselves. You don't mix that with oh, other no. laundry. No, probably a separate machine. I would think you'd want to run it twice at least. <laughs> this will save about seven million trees a year. To clean our rears. And trees grow back, though. <laughs> yeah, well, for every tree we take down, there's like two that goes up. So there's that. Uh, there's no sort of like disabundance of trees. I mean, just under the abundance. time that it takes to grow them. But they'll figure that out genetically. Let's see. Creekside Kid, which is the company you can get it, first started selling reusable family cloths along with the reusable baby wipes last summer and were uh, surprised when the trend started to take off. 
Yeah, it's hip. Yeah, no shit, you're surprised. Hipster. Who the fuck wants reusable butt? A growing paper? number of families across the country are Ew. now making the shit. I mean, Ew. the shift. <laughs> and now offered by the Charlotte's own Creekside Kid, three-time tampons. Why three-time? Just remember the three R's. Remove, ring out, and reuse by the Charlotte <laughs> Company. <laughs> 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 Oh, that's not bad either. The three R's, huh? Yeah, that's not bad. All right. Pretty, you, I mean, that's pretty bad. Let me ask you something, Nick. So you step into an elevator. Every, all the time. You go into an elevator, right? So I've, been, I've been on one or two, yeah. There's, you know, some ladies. There's gentlemen, ladies, right, in the elevator. And, so and then some, you fart and try I, to figure out who you're no, going to No, no, no. There, there's really. somebody standing near the buttons, and they're like, okay, well, what can I press for you? And you say, third floor, lingerie, please. Do Would I? you be offended if you were that button purser, uh, presser? To hear that. Third floor lingerie, please. <laughs> Talking to you. I yes. You'd be offended by that? No. Yeah, you wouldn't. Really. I thought I was trying to go along with something, but no. Like, okay, Saturday, you want to go to the third floor, cool. Yeah, yeah. Right. Just no big deal, right? On Sunday, the Chronicle of Higher Education reported on a supremely important development. A male professor made a joke about lingerie in an elevator. An elevator containing gender studies professor clearly Western, uh, I think just name is clearly clearly Western civilization patriarchy has not yet to be broken. This is reported by the Daily Wire by my boy Ben Shapiro. According to Catherine Manigan, political theory professor Richard Ned LeBeau of King's College was in an elevator with a bunch of other human beings, including Professor <laughs> Professor beings. Simona Sharoni, who teaches women's and gender studies at Merrimack College. Sharoni, who clearly had been conditioned to submit to the patriarchy. Offered to hit buttons on the elevator. And that's when LeBeau did the unthinkable. He jokingly asked for the women's laundry department. And his buddies, the scum, laughed. So Sharoni complained to the International Studies Association, just as an empowered woman ought to do, of course. She tremendously wrote, I am still trying to come to terms with the fact that we froze and didn't confront him. And they looked. They took her complaint seriously enough to launch an investigation. They determined that LeBeau had violated the conduct code of the organization. What do you think about that, Nick? Do you think he did anything wrong at all? Just made a really stupid joke. Yeah. Well, he wrote he wrote a letter saying this. He said, well, he suggested first of all that Sharoni, who was born in Romania and raised in Israel, might have misinterpreted his remark uh, when he was young in the 1950s. He said. It was a standard gag line to ask the elevator operator for the hardware or laundry floor as though were as though one was in a department store. Like you, I am strongly it says this quote, like you, I am strongly opposed to the exploitation, coercion, or humiliation of women, Lebeau wrote. As such evils continue, it seems to me to make more sense to direct our attention to real offenses, not those that are imagined or marginal. By making a complaint to ISA that I consider frivolous and I expect will be judged this way with the ethics committee, will be you may be directing time and effort away from the real offenses that trouble us both. Not the best way to end that, brother, but basically homegirl got pissed off that he was man mansplaining <laughs> why, you, why you think I should be offended or not. And... Launched even more shit. He's not going to get very far in that, but uh, I think what should have happened, and she says it right here and here, that she didn't. She's still coming to terms that the fact that we froze and didn't confront them. I think 
give somebody a chance first. Like if they offended you, you might not know that joke or something. And you can be like, that was very offensive. I don't appreciate that. And the guy would be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. Give him a chance. But instead, she kept it in and then ratted him out. And now he might lose his job over this thing. And it's not very fair to him because you could have just simply asked, said that was offensive and he could have changed his way. It sounds like he's sympathetic to the women's cause. He, you know, of course, has to say that kind of stuff because, of course, that's the women are thinking that he's got this. He's the patriarch. He's a white privileged male that can say whatever he wants in an elevator with no pre, uh, repercussions. So it's a bummer. Um, last uh, story here. And if you guys listen to the after show, we talked about this with the boys from Conspiracy Normal. A 46-year-old man who from, uh, who's from Arkansas, he was claiming to be tracking Bigfoot for the U.S. government. He was arrested on a child porn charge. Keith Barnes of BlackRock was reported to be uh, seen wearing a uniform with a badge and stating that he was a cryptozoologist with the Department of the Interior. He told authorities his job was to track and record Bigfoot movement. The agency was contacted and said Barnes didn't work there and the job title didn't exist. Hmm. Now, wouldn't you think that if it didn't exist, like, he was, he got caught and he was like, no, I work for this department, he, which he's not supposed to say. And they're going to be like, well, if you, if someone asks, we're going to deny it. Sure, Seems sure. Seems like that's what happened. Let me continue on. So now they don't believe this guy because they said don't exist. So they're going to go into a criminal impersonation investigation. That's the name of our next album, by the way. The sheriff's office received an anonymous tip that Barnes had child pornography. Now. An anonymous tip. Anonymous tip. So somebody was in his house someone and had seen his know, computer. First of all, someone knew that he got arrested. Mm-hmm. Someone knew he got arrested and then said, well, hey, now it's our chance. Well, what if it was his work? You said you blew it. You should have never fucking said that. And now we have to fucking destroy you. And right. so after that news release, they found significant evidence and Barnes was arrested. He was re- uh, released from jail after a $50,000 bond. He's scheduled to appear in court June 18th. And he looks like a legitimate like force, force ranger. You know, he's got yeah, the he bat, He's got sure. all that stuff. So this is a weird little story. I don't know if it's actual cover-up of anything. I doubt it. But it's, it's just proof of a wacko that loves Bigfoot. He buys all the para- paraphernalia. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go out there and look for nothing. He doesn't have any evidence except for some, maybe some fur that doesn't match any DNA in the world. Pubes. <laughs> it's just fucking big. Just a bunch pubes. of pubes everywhere. Just everybody throwing their pubes in there. Anyways, anyways, um, what's that up there? I guess that's it. Oh yeah, don't worry about that. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been another episode of Emergency Exit. If you enjoy our content, please visit us on Apple Podcasts. Search Emergency Exit Podcast. Subscribe and get all the latest and greatest we have to offer while you're there. Leave us a five star rating. If you'd like to drop us a line, visit emergencyexitpodcast.com. Click on the contact page that says, hit us up. As always, tell your friends about the show. Try to add some fuel to our floating tin can engines. We love that. So, gotta keep it running. Gotta keep it going. So, for Nick the Passion Rider, Brandon the Hard Hat Mitchell,